Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snudden. And I'm Rob Olson. The, uh, the book we're reading tonight is nothing. This is going to be another one of our interlude episodes, as you probably already know by the title of the episode, which is Interlude. Um, but I'm going to remind everybody who what an interlude is, because it's been like four episodes. At least. Um, <laughs> an interlude is where we don't read a book. We just have a collection of topics that are usually... Maybe not always, but usually book-related that we're going to talk about instead. Um, sometimes it's because we need a little bit of a break. Sometimes it's because no one's writing good books. Um, this time I think it's because we're busy people. Yeah, I had a lot of stupid work stuff going on this week, so I didn't have a lot of time. There were there were very few lives lunches this week. It's a sad, sad situation. It's cool, so, though. I dropped like four pounds, so... That's not true at all. I went to meetings two days, and they fed us, and I ate like a goddamn king. As long nice. as kings eat, like, lots of pizza and, like, cookies and stuff. King Livius. That's right. King of fucking pizza, baby. <laughs> Rob, Rob, yeah. do you know how many interlude episodes there have been? Um, Considering I'm the one that pulls together stupid information yep. like yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is our... 20th interlude episode now there have been other special episodes but as far as just straight interludes this is the 20th we've had spectaculars and year in reviews and other milestone episodes anniversary episodes and and like we won awards episodes we won awards episodes maybe maybe we'll have to have another we won awards episode you never know that's titillating (laughs) it is a little bit But this week, if you do if you do the if you do the math on that though, we've done two. This is episode two forty two. That's not a lot of interludes. It's it's a lot of um, book reviews, author interviews. We're staying on on point more more than anything. That's true, very true. But I like these. These are fun. They can be fun. Let's see. All right, here's something we didn't mention last week, and I I didn't think about mentioning it until like right when we were done recording, and I was kind of happy I didn't mention it because <laughs> God damn it, I don't want to read this book. So, <laughs> David Duchovny of Californication fame. Cause X-Files. I, I, you know, but that's the thing. So when X-Files was over, when he like kind of separated from the show the first time, I uh, I go, well, you know, I think that he's always going to be Fox Mulder, right? Like that's, he's always going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I always thought William Shatner would be Captain Kirk. But lo and behold, for me at least, he's always going to be Hank Moody. No, he's Fox Mulder. Uh, but see, the difference between him and Hank Moody, and Fox Mulder, I guess, Hank Moody could write a good book, or at least a book that sounded like it was any good. I shouldn't judge this book, but God damn it, this sounds terrible. Um, it is, uh, it's, the title is Holy Cow, and I believe it is a biography of uh, Cubs announcer Harry Carey. Yeah. <laughs> that would be probably about as interesting right. as, as the, the synopsis for this book. <laughs> All right, so maybe that's not, <laughs> maybe that's not what it's about. Do you want to read the synopsis? Um, I'm having trouble yeah, finding it. I, yeah, it's a guy. I have to, I have to pull it up. It's a modern it. day dairy tale, is what it says. Which is kind of clever. Some <laughs> bit then, but the cover really looks like something um, Rob would draw. Yeah, but there would be... Okay, I guess there's udders. <laughs> I was going to say, there would be some genitalia there on the couch. There are udders. That's what I just saw online the other day. It was like somebody said, uh, 
the guy who figured out how to milk cows, what the fuck was he doing exactly when he figured that out? It's kind of... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is no synopsis for this book on Amazon. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Um, oh, yeah, because I was on the audio book. But if you go to the hardcover, there's a there's a description. So I'm going to read it now. Oh, God, this is just going to be painful. <clears throat> a rollicking globetrotting adventure with a twist, a four-legged heroine you won't soon forget. Elsie Bovary is a cow, and a pretty happy one at that. Her long, lazy days are spent eating, napping, and chatting with her best friend, Mallory. One night, Elsie and Mallory sneak out of their pasture, but while Mallory is interested in flirting with the neighborhood bulls, Elsie finds herself drawn to the farmhouse. Through the window, she sees the farmer's family gathered around a bright box god. And what the box god reveals about something called an industrial meat farm shakes Elsie's understanding of her world to its core. Box god. Hmm. There's only one solution. Escape to a better, safer world. And so a motley crew is formed. Fucking I love motley crew. (laughs) They're going to shout at the devil. Uh, Jerry, excuse me, Shalom, a cranky Torah-reading pig who has recently converted to Judaism, and Tom, a suave in his own mind at least, turkey who can't fly but who can work an iphone with his beak toting stolen passports and slash dash human dis- slap dash human disguises they head for the airport elsie is our wisecracking pop culture reference dropping slyly witted narrator tom who doesn't who does eventually learn to fly sort of dispenses psychiatric advice in a fake german accent and shalom <laughs> god this is awful <laughs> And Shalom, rejected by his adopted people in Jerusalem, ends up unexpectedly uniting Israelites, Israelis and Palestinians. David Duchovny's charismatic characters point the way toward a mutual understanding and acceptance that the world desperately needs. Now, before you go off on this, Livius, I'm thinking this sounds better than Magnificent Vibration. Oh, man. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Like, I just... I don't know. I <laughs> There's mean, a new I, genre in books called Indulging uh, Celebrities. I, I just... Uh, my biggest problem... I wouldn't want to read this regardless of who it was written by. Like, I just can't imagine who could write this. Where I would be like, Oh, this sounds kind of interesting. I'm offended as an Apple fan that a turkey could use an iPhone with its beak because touch screens require... <laughs> Contact with flesh. Not Look beats. at this. It's already faulty. And all we did was read the synopsis. <laughs> I'm shooting big holes in this plot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just... Rob pointed out that he came across reviews. Can I <laughs> read the, just part of one of them? This is a, Go for it. the one-star review <laughs> by Emma Thompson, London, UK. If you always thought David Duchovny seemed like an intelligent, articulate guy and you like to go on thinking that, do not read this book. <laughs> it's so poorly <laughs> written, he would probably have had to pay to publish it himself. Only he's David Duchovny. So he could get his laundry list published if he wanted to. What is, I never understood what a laundry list was. Do you know what a laundry Because people say, oh, I've got this laundry list. Did you just throw all this shit in the basket and then go throw it in a washer and then a dryer? Fuck, that reminds me I'm going to do laundry tonight. Uh... I don't know. Like maybe if you take stuff to the cleaners, there's a lit. I don't know. I don't have sophisticated enough needs with my laundry to need a list for any of it. 
There might be uh, there might be an iPhone app, a laundry list iPhone app. Ooh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. Hold on, I'm looking up a laundry list because this is more interesting than the subject of Duchovny's book. I just think it's crazy that actress Emma Thompson really went after him on Amazon. Yeah, well, I liked her in uh, uh, Stranger Than Fiction. I don't think I saw that. Oh, well, here it is. Originally, it was a list of articles of clothing that had been sent to be laundered. Boom. That's from Wiktionary. Oh, that's... <laughs> sounds, that sounds suspicious. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to... Now, now, it's a long and often tedious list of items. I'm trying to find something that Emma Thompson's been in that you would recognize her from. The name sounds familiar. She's been around for a long time, right? Read yeah, I'm going back to the 80s. Videos. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some of those. Because <laughs> like all the ones I'm like, you haven't seen Stranger Than Fiction, by the way? No. With Will Ferrell? No, see, stop. So I've seen exactly one Will Ferrell movie, and it wasn't even a Will Ferrell movie. He was in the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh. <laughs> I hate Will Ferrell. Hate? Wow. There was that episode of Family Guy. Where um, Stewie goes to see, uh, was it Bewitched? Was he in Bewitched? Who? Will, Will Ferrell? Ferrell? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, at any rate. He goes to see a movie and it's terrible. Will Ferrell's in it. So they show Stewie sitting there. He leaves the theater. He like goes home, packs a bag. He like takes a cab to the airport. He gets on a plane. It's one of those really long, extended scenes. You know, He gets another cab in L.A. He gets to this house. He like climbs up on a chair, rings the doorbell. Like, waits for Will Ferrell to, to answer the door and, like, punches him in the face and says, that's not funny. And I thought yeah. that's probably my favorite Family Guy moment because I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, did you ever watch the movie Love, actually? Um, yes. Emma Thompson is in that. She's the wife of Alan Rickman. Or, I'm sorry, what's his name in uh, Die Hard? <laughs> Damn it. We just do this last week with perfume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the hell was his name god damn it um <laughs> it's because i said it's because i said hans gruber yeah hans gruber there she's you go. she's hans gruber's uh wife in love actually the one that gotcha. gets kind of cheated on yes yeah. yes yes okay that's emma thompson okay great podcast. see that wasn't from the 80s that was like mid 90s it was like 2003 or 2003 2003 was 12 years ago. God damn it. So Emma Thompson didn't like it, and she thinks David Duchovny's not smart anymore. That's good. Yep, and a laundry list used to have a list of things that needed to be washed. Like, I had to write down, like, this pair of jeans. <laughs> well, maybe you sent it off to the laundry, and they were just very disorganized. You wanted to make sure you got the right stuff back. Five black socks. <laughs> laundry list. All right. So we're thinking we're probably not going to review Holy Cow, right? That's correct. But Here's what else we're not going to review. <laughs> How did we miss that Gillian Anderson had a book out six months ago? Oh, God. A Vision of Fire. Sounds suspiciously like a George R.R. R. Martin book. Well, it is co-written by Jeff Rovin. His name is much smaller on the title. But see, here's the problem. When Patterson does it, Patterson had established himself as an author, and he gets someone else's name real small on the cover. Jillian Anderson, I've seen interviews with her. She's an idiot. 
I have not seen it. Uh, oh my uh, god! Her. I got to tell you, she's a brilliant actress because she always comes across as super intelligent. Yeah, that's great acting. Do you <laughs> do you want to hear the synopsis for this? I'd love to. Are you going to read it to me? <clears throat> yeah, let's do that. Renowned child psychologist Caitlin O'Hara is a single mom trying to juggle her job, her son, and a lackluster dating life. <laughs> Wait, she's juggling kids? <laughs> Holy Don't shit. Juggle Maybe we children. should read this. <laughs> Do not juggle your children. It is not safe. Her, wor- <laughs> her world is suddenly upturned when Manik, the daughter of India's ambassador to the United Nations, starts speaking in tongues and having violent visions. Caitlin is sure that her fits have something to do with the recent assassination attempt on her father, a shooting that has escalated nuclear tensions between India and Pakistan to dangerous levels. But when teenagers around the world start having similar outbursts, Caitlin's begin- Caitlin begins to think that there's more sinister force at work. In Haiti, a student claws at her throat, drowning on dry land. In Iran, a boy suddenly and inexplicably sets himself on fire. Animals, too, are acting irrationally, from rats in New York City to birds and... Oh, God, this is zoo part two. Two ordinary household pets. With Asia on the cusp of nuclear war, Caitlin must race across the globe to uncover the mystical links among these seemingly unrelated incidents in order to save her patient and perhaps the world. All right, now I know why there's going to be more X-Files, because, fuck, if this is what they're doing with their free time... Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't sound very good either. Uh, all the reviews, like, looking through the popular reviews, mm-hmm. uh, this is basically the dreams of nerd everywhere. nerds everywhere. Uh, we're quivering in anticipation for Julian Anderson's debut in science fiction. Julian Anderson is returning to the genre that made her a cultural... No one's talking about the book. <laughs> That's not a good sign, my man. Oh, I think the smoking, the smoking man. He needs a uh, he needs a book. We'll read that if he oh writes a God, book. Yeah. That one we'll read. Yep. Or Skinner. Skinner could write it, but there's a guy I work with that looks just like Skinner. It's weird. That's a little weird. So, all right, are we done talking about the company? Did we give him his uh, 15 minutes of fame here on booked? We. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we're good with that. What else we got going on? Here, here is another exciting new release. Arthur <laughs> Conan Doyle. He's got new new Sherlock Holmes stuff out. How exciting is that? Nobody thought that was going to happen. Yeah, this was a real surprise mm-hmm. to me, at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah. So apparently, what happened is some guy dug up. A Sherlock Holmes story. It's uh, 1,300 words that we believe might be written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But it, he found it in an attic in in Scotland. Yeah, and I was reading briefly through the article because you know we prepare very thoroughly. You know, here. attention spans. <laughs> uh, and I think it said that he had found it like 50 years ago and they just like held on to it. Does that sound familiar? Um, yes. No, it doesn't. But maybe kinda, that's true. Kind of throws the whole credibility into question, you know? Like, uh, here's the thing I was thinking of uh, in the Guardian article that I think Livius, you linked me to. Uh, one paragraph says the pamphlet was discovered by historian and poet Walter Elliot, who had kept it in his attic for 50, 40 or 50 years, along with a painting of the old wooden bridge. Cause this is about a bridge in the town that this guy lives in or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
because the story is about or set in the area that the town in the town that this bridge um, exists in, and I think the story they're saying the story was written for a pamphlet pamphlet kind of thing that was uh, in promotion of saving or preserving this bridge. So, you know, it, it's interesting because I, especially today, um, I think that. I don't know. Anything that was actually written and put out by an author today, you know, kind of gets documented, even if it's just submitted to a website or something. But I have to imagine there's probably stuff out there by famous authors from, you know, the whatever, early 1900s that's floating around that, you know what I mean, that is undiscovered. You know, even if it was yeah. published in a silly little pamphlet or something, maybe not accredited to to the author. I think it's kind of cool for anybody because obviously Sherlock Holmes and, and Doyle have a, a huge, huge nerdy following, the kind of people that, you know, link stories to stories and go visit real locations and stuff. It's got to be pretty exciting for them assuming that this is true. And I, I don't see, I mean, it's a little 1300 word story. If this guy was just trying to make some money, probably would have figured out a way to be like, I have this manuscript. It's, you know, it's a good solid 200 page book. Not, you know, here's this little one page yeah, so. and even if it's uh, not authentic, it's still a good story. You know, still an interesting thing to think about. Probably better than the Holy Cow book. Maybe better than the Holy Cow book. It seems like, um, and I know some of this is is the the you know expiration the the public domain, the expiration of the rights and stuff. But mm. God, so much, so much Sherlock coming at us from from everywhere. I mean, TV and movies and. More adaptations. You know, Rob hit me up earlier. He's like, how come we didn't review this Moriarty book? And I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. And then I go on there. I'm like, well, this guy's written other Sherlock Holmes books we didn't read either. <laughs> <laughs> we're being consistent in that, at least. And was it a, was it a few weeks ago we were talking about? It does. But weren't we talking about someone actually like there being... Is, is this the guy who did... Is he the one who's um, authorized by the Doyle family to write Yes, Sherlock Holmes? Okay, this is that guy. All right. I remember us talking about that a while ago. Yep. Ooh. I just saw... I was just scrolling through the Moriarty Amazon page, and I saw the beginning of one of the um, uh, reviews, and it said, I am I admit I'm a written Holmes virgin. And I was like, ooh. Titillating. It's a titillating episode. Apparently. <laughs> There's a dude. <laughs> oh, um... So, yeah, lots of it coming our way. I guess we should at some point consider reading some new Sherlock Holmes, huh? Have you ever read any of the classic Holmes stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay. I did, too, when I was much, much younger. Probably, like, in my teens. Here's the thing. When I first got my first... This, I'm sure this is the same story that a lot of people have. When I got my first Kindle, I was like, hey, what books can I get without paying for them? And, like, it was essentially lots of public domain stuff. And uh, Holmes was, like, the first. Because, like, Holmes is just guaranteed good reading, so... That I think I got uh, A. A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. Like you do. This is this is what you did when you got a Kindle, huh? <laughs> get this new technology so I could read hundred and fifty year old stuff. Hey, <laughs> Just, I wanted to get some free books. What's problem with that? It's it, it's kind of humorous. I wasn't a well renowned uh, award winning podcaster yet. 
That's true. That's true. Because you know, award-winning podcasters they don't read you know stuff like Sherlock Holmes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> or Winnie the, the Pooh? Let's review the, some Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's the funny thing. Back then, I was just reading Sherlock Holmes. Now that we're like big podcasters, we're like, man, I wish we could read some Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like nothing has changed. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll put that on the radar. Maybe we'll put Moriarty on the list. I don't know. I don't know if we have anything to read for next week. It might have to be Moriarty. We'll have to look at our calendar and figure yeah. out what's what. Um, for the record, Livius is the, the calendarition of us. So yeah, any... which is why we don't currently have anything in our calendar. <laughs> I do have a loose list. I have one of these like like uh, to-do list apps in my phone, and it's got a bunch of just names, not even book names, not even dates. It's just names of stuff that we know <laughs> is coming out. Uh, don't we have an intern yet I thought we were getting an intern what happened to that um, see that the getting an intern thing would be one of the jobs that an intern would do for us I think is oh, the problem yeah that's true that's yeah. very true but hey speaking of Sherlock Holmes and detectives and wanting to read some detective stuff oh, I have, I have kind here of, we go I have, yeah I have I have a little bit of a personal plea to make and I'm going to this is Livius's. It's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. <laughs> Come on, that is comic genius. That that was something. So, but uh, kind of fitting, actually, if you think about it. So the other day, I was uh, scrolling through on Facebook, and uh, I noticed there was a an article. Um, called uh, Always Judge a Book by Its Cover, Meet the Artist's Dominating Small Press. But the thing that really caught my eye was uh, that, you know, Facebook populates a, a photo, right, when you link a website. This was of two covers side by side. One was from Triple X Seamus, which was written by Red Hammond, also known as Anthony Neil Smith. Um, we reviewed that back in January of last year. It's been over a year since we reviewed that. Can you believe that? Yes. It was. Do you know what episode number it was? I'm guessing 193. Pretty close. 188. Damn, I'm good. We reviewed it. We both really enjoyed it. I, I love Neil Smith, and I love pretty much everything he does. So this catches my eye, and it's a the cover of Triple X Shavis, and right next to it is a, a very stylistically similar cover. It says XOXO Shavis on it. And I go, holy crap, there's a sequel. There's a sequel. This got leaked. Someone at Lit Reactor just leaked this by showing the cover, right? I get really, really excited. I, uh, I send a message. Probably too excited. Huh? Probably too excited. I was a little too excited. I send a message. So here's what happens first. First, I send a screenshot of this to Rob, and I go, is this, is this a thing? Did we miss something? Is this a thing? And then I realize, you know, I could just message Neil Smith and ask him. So I message Neil. And Neil very kindly explained that, no, that was the alternate cover um, that didn't have a dildo on it and uh, didn't have the word triple X on it in case they needed a safer cover for the book. So then I was heartbroken and uh, I want to read a sequel. Well, Neil Smith has always been willing to do a sequel if it sells enough books. But now it's not on Amazon, so it's nowhere near as visible as it used to be. So let's talk a little bit about where you can get a copy of Trickle... Trickle. Trickle X Seamus is a whole different, yeah. Triple X Seamus. Uh, there is a site called Fanbacked. Um, it's pretty much set up kind of like a Kickstarter type thing. There's a period of time it runs for. You can get different reward levels and stuff. 
So if you go to fanback.com, actually, don't do that. Just search fanback and triple X Seamus, XXX Seamus, because there's weird slashes and stuff in this URL. (laughs) The guy from Guns N' Roses is part of the URL. Yes, exactly. So we... um, there are different ways for you to get this. There's a $5 digital download, which is pretty good for an ebook. Um, you can get a, uh, a paperback for 15 bucks. You can get a signed paperback for 25 bucks. Then you get a package that's a uh, Broken Rivers Books Shithead T-shirt. I don't know why it's called a Shithead T-shirt, but it looks uh, looks a little bit like an old Iron Maiden cover, which is pretty cool. Um, and then you get a, a, a print slash digital copy um, of Triple X Sheamus. But here's the thing. It's a really good book, and I really want to read the sequel. So here's what you guys need to do. Make Livius happy, because when Livius is happy, everyone's happy. Isn't that right, Rob? Um, I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what you got to do. Go buy a copy of Triple X Seamus. Let's get, this, let's get this up there so that we can read. I also think, I want to make the suggestion of Broken River Books and Neil Smith right now, that if they do the sequel, they should call it XOXO Seamus, because I think it's a great name. And... Um, they already have a cover for it. So there you go. There it is. Yeah. Buy this book. You will not be disappointed. You will not. Um, what the fuck does it take to get banned off Amazon? Apparently, like, a little bit of incest. Um, yeah, there was a good amount of incest in the book. Um, that's the thing. I think that, and I, I'm not trying to think of how to word this properly. Because essentially... Uh, there was a lot of hullabaloo in January when this book got officially removed from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And a lot of basically the story goes, Amazon said, hey, this doesn't meet our you know standards or whatever, so we're going to take the book off. And they were like, what the fuck? And then the book got taken off. And now they're just calling it a controversial banned book. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what... what aspect of the book like if they had used the other cover would that have changed it uh um but let's talk about this because uh fuck all monsters mm-hmm. is on amazon because they rena- renamed it to debbie does Monsterland. um yeah. that book by the way for those who are not familiar um that that short story novella whatever you want to call it culminates in uh in a uh, a gangbang between a 50 foot woman human woman and like mothra godzilla gamera gam yeah like like the the big the big japanese monsters yeah um so was it the title or was it the content because they changed the title and you know gigantic monster gangbang is fine um, if if Broken River had chosen to go with XOXO, like they had already had a book mm-hmm. cover made for. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming that the cover artist did that. It wasn't necessarily the Broken River was preparing for that. Would that have changed the situation with Amazon or not? The only thing I can think of, because there's nothing wrong with having triple X in your title. Um, there is a dildo on the front cover. That could be a thing. You think it's the dildo? Well, I just I don't know. Let's see if let's see what happens if I go to Amazon and type triple X. Let's see if they just close my account immediately. <laughs> oh, great. Um, I gotta tell you the auto populated list populated with a bunch of stuff, so I'm hitting enter. Okay, so the first the literally the first thing that comes up is a book called Triple X Stories, twenty five dirty stories, and it has um uh the backside of a woman in a thong. Nice. So I don't think it was the cover that did it. <laughs> So, 
It had to be the content. Hmm. Interesting. So no matter what, even if they had chosen a book cover, most likely they would have been removed from Amazon. So are we thinking it's the incest? Because it, it was basically like an incest, like a rapey sister. Yeah, it, it had to be. And, and, and let's not, I don't want to, I don't want to relegate the book to that. That is a component of the book. That's <laughs> not the way you said it was like, yeah, it's just this story about the sister kind of raping her little brother. No, no, that's totally not it. Um, but that being said, I don't know, Rob, you may want to see if you could fan back some of these. Uh, or if you have Kindle Unlimited, you could read Triple X Nasty Sexy College Chicks Get Naughty! Exclamation point. So you know they're serious. How much is that one? <laughs> that is free. Kindle Unlimited. two ninety nine to buy, and it's auto-delivered wirelessly. Ooh. Dude, it can't be the cover, because if you scroll down from that, there are God, there's uh, Cherry Magazine, number 214, May 2014. The picture is there. There's full nudity. On the front cover of this. All right, so we're pretty sure it wasn't the cover then. Hey, yeah. what what's the what? What do you think about reading like a straight up like erotic book for the podcast sometime? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I sure. I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I mean, I that's fine. We'd have to find a really awkward uh, uh, guest host to join us. Like, probably not Amanda Gowan because she would enjoy it too much. Maybe like Nikki Gerling or something like that. Wait, Jesus Christ. Okay, yes, yes, but I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I even hit next on this. This book is called Steps Don't Pull Out. Taboo older men seeding younger women. And there is a picture of a woman in a bra who's very obviously very, very pregnant on the cover. Wow. All right, so we're pretty sure it's not the cover. It was the content of XXX Seamus. Someone would have to report that, right? Amazon doesn't like read the books they sell. Um, I would imagine that most they do kind of a random sampling, but yeah, I'm guessing that most likely it was a it was a reported thing. Maybe someone's got it out for Broken River. Yeah, or Anthony or, Neal Smith, or it was David James Keaton taking credit for writing that book. <laughs> That's what Keaton's like. I wrote this fucking book. My God, dude, at some point you really just have to go through some of these titles. I, I don't want to do the rest of these eyes, but as I seriously, I'm just scrolling through this and I'm like, hey, here is a book. It's called, God damn it, It's So Thick. First time older man, younger woman collection. Oh, no. What's its ranking? Oh, I don't even know how to, how to I guess I'd have to click through it, right? Well, it has two one-star reviews. So, Well, it has an average of one-star review, but with two reviews, average of one-star I expected thicker. <laughs> oh, now, now we have to read the goddamn reviews. <laughs> Fuck. All right. I'd hope for a story. No beginning, middle, or end. Just three very random sexual escapades. Poorly conceptualized and therefore poorly presented. But I finished it. <laughs> Won't seek this author out again. Well, oh, when you're disappointed, oh, oh, like, wait, it's so no, thick. No. Here's one of those. Magic Michael says, appeared in my queue without my knowledge. Did not order this and do not know how it got in my queue. <laughs> I think I just had a great idea. Let's go through. There's got to be a way to do this where we can like kind of automate finding the I did not buy this reviews. And then see what titles they're saying they didn't buy. That would be magical. That would be magical. Let's see if we can find out what else Magic Michael um <laughs> I think you know what happened is he fucking somehow went on there and saw that he's like a verified purchaser of this book. <laughs> okay, so here's the other thing. He bought a book called 
erotic fantasies and reviewed that. But it's so thick. I have no idea how this got in my goddamn Kindle. Come on, Magic Michael. Erotica. 21 Erotica Short Stories Collection. And he says... The title is I Hate to Be Hard on Writers. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, Magic Michael. <sighs> Why? Wild Lolitas. He, he, he bought that, but no, definitely not It's So Thick. <sighs> <laughs> oh, anyway, Magic Michael. You can either buy It's So Thick for, uh, let's see what the price <laughs> is on this, for four ninety nine. The same price you can buy Triple X Sheamus for. I'm going to lean towards Triple X Sheamus. Incess be damned. I think that's a wise choice. I think, <laughs> in comparison, if you didn't go over to Fanbacked and buy yourself a copy of Triple uh, X Sheamus, um, you're making the bad choice. Correct. It's a good so book. We that. reviewed it. Yep, we did. And we loved it. Yep. Make Livius happy. Buy a copy of Triple X Sheamus. And, and... You could probably get David James Keaton assigned it too. And here's the thing: um, because there's a there's a goal, you have to, he has to sell a certain number of copies. Let's just be careful. Share this with as many people as possible, so that we know that no matter what, he's hitting his goal, so he can write this next book. Indeed, agreed. Let's do that. <laughs> it's so thick. All right, <laughs> we got to move on. What else is going on, my man? We've got oh. This is exciting. Speaking of, of follow-up books we'd like to see, do you know anything about what Chuck Palahniuk's got on the burner? Um, he's got a short story collection that just came out, or is coming out shortly, yes. Yeah, but I'm talking about Fight Club 2. <gasps> which I... <laughs> I didn't know if I should say it or not. Which I jokingly, for our show notes, titled Project Paycheck... <laughs> Yes, yes, he did. Um, so, again, I'm sure to listeners, this is not at all news. The sequel to Fight Club has been announced for, for some time. It's got to be a year ago we first heard about this. It's going to be a graphic novel, which means comic book, um, for anybody who, who's not aware. Um, but the reason it's news today is Playboy.com, apparently, according to Rob, who messaged me about this, um, has the first six pages it's an exclusive. They have the first six pages available for you to read right now. So, Rob, the question is, how did we come across this information that this is on Playboy.com? Uh, I was... <laughs> um, well, you know how, like, traditionally there's the people who are, like, the the, the, the whole backup story as I read it for the articles? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I go to look for boobs. <laughs> and... Well, I know. You know how, like, on the website, there's always those annoying things on the side that, like, take your attention away from looking at naked women? Um, no. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. One of them was the article about Chuck Palahniuk's uh, Fight Club 2. They have the, this article on Playboy.com. So I was like, fine, I'll read this. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that you're doing it wrong. Because I went to Playboy.com, and I had to scroll a bit to find this. And all it was was goddamn articles. <laughs> I was like, here's an excuse to see some boobs. Nope. So I think I'll just continue to go straight to like the hardcore websites. There's a, a, a it's so thick.com. <laughs> Hosted ironically by Magic Mike. Magical Mike. Magic Michael, that's what it was. <laughs> so any rate, um, 
Rob, did you you read it right? You, you actually got all the way through it. Did you make it all the way through all six pages? God damn it! <laughs> we were talking before the episode, and Olivia's is like, "Yeah, there was this brilliant line," and I was like, "I didn't read that." And it turns out <laughs> there was only six pages available for the preview, and I didn't get. I got through five, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get to the sixth page, so I had to go and read the sixth page while Olivia's waited for me. Uh, so it starts off with um, Jack who now goes by the name Sebastian. Uh, kind of like driving guy from... Uh, yeah, Skid Row. Yeah, Skid Row, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. I was going to say Little Nemo, but there's Sebastian and Little Nemo. Oh, never never saw... Oh, now who hasn't seen the classics now? Just threw my hands <laughs> up in the air. Nobody could see that, but I did. I Whatever. threw my hands up in the air. I... Uh, Driving through the the suburbs, kind of uh, thinking about how how much his life has changed and how how boring it is. Yeah, and um, here, all right, so we will have a link to this um, on the website, so you can you can look at it and everything. But like, I mean, I haven't watched the movie. Or I've definitely haven't read the book in a long time. I haven't watched the movie in a while. Um, what what happened at the end of the book? Let's let's recap that first. Uh, Marla and Jack were, were standing in 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 embrace, watching the all of the 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 financial buildings collapse. Okay, so we're imagining like the Tyler Durden's post apocalyptic future kind of is set into motion at the end mm-hmm. of the book or story, right? Right. But this is what twelve years later. Ten years later. Ten, Ten years, years later. later. Yep. And it seems like nothing's really changed because he's got this, like, suburban yuppie lifestyle? Correct. Okay. So that was the first thing that raised an eyebrow. And I was like, wait a minute, this is bullshit for a second. And I was like, oh, wait, it's a story. He's going to tell us what happened. So yeah, I had to back right. off a little bit. I mean, my guess would be that it was uh, just a poor plan and, you know, like, we blew up these buildings. But, you know, there's backups or something. Yeah. 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 There. <laughs> Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden was thwarted by the cloud. Yeah. Well, let's face it; he was a little unbalanced. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so you know, we we kind of get a quick glimpse into his life. Um, he goes comes home. He's got a son who obviously has some issues, um, and there's some hints there at what's going on. And I'm kind of trudging along, and I'm like, oh, you know, this is the problem with comic books. You know, some I've read and are they're okay or they're good, but I just was like, oh, this all seems so disjointed. And then fuck, there's Marla. <laughs> and it all yeah, got really better. Save this. It all got better. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know that we'll be doing it for the podcast, but I could definitely tell you I'll be picking up a copy to, to read it. And and I was kind of lukewarm at first. I was really excited. Then I was kind of lukewarm on the concept. And then Marla. Yeah. Um, ten issues, right? It's a maxi series, is what they're calling it. I don't know what that means. It sounds kind of gross. <laughs> I, I didn't actually know that's what it was called but yeah it's going to be I guess 10 issues and then I'm sure it'll be the collected works into one big you know 40 page or whatever novel like a graphic novel kind of thing yeah, graphic novel so um, yeah I mean I'm I'm looking forward to it I uh, I don't know I've been wanting to read some new Paulinic I, I want to go back to the well I don't know that I can drag Rob to the well let alone push him over into it um, so, <laughs> so maybe get me over the head with something and just like drown me in the well. <laughs> yep. 
So maybe Fight Club Two will ease us into some some new polemic, and maybe we'll see how it goes from there. What um, What's your thoughts in general about uh, authors going graphic novel? Um, have you ever experienced a good example of that? You know, I like um, I like what Andy Bergen does. And ah, it's kind of, Bullet Gale, right? Yeah, so I, I like that. Um, do I like it as much as, as the you know the written word as an actual novel? No, no, and I don't imagine that I ever will. Um, I keep trying. I keep going back. There's stuff I enjoy where I go, like, well, this is this is cool, you know. But I never really found myself like telling someone like you should read this, like like really being you know just you know like this is better than a book. I, I just can't do it, and it's just it's the medium for me, I guess. Yeah. I've had people that know I, I read a lot of books and they know I do the podcast and everything and they they kind of almost apologetically tell me that they read a lot of graphic novels and I have to explain to them that like you know whatever they read is entirely first of all it's up to them <laughs> <laughs> they don't need my approval uh, but then secondly like you know it's it's a it's a it's a story it's a medium to to tell a story it just involves more images than words and the, the the important thing is that the image helps tell the story so um i don't think it's any less valid than reading books but i do think uh at least from my experience that it takes a certain type of person to really enjoy that and sometimes the bookish people might not be the graphic novel-ish people mm-hmm. um which is my case like uh i think of christopher moore's the griff um, yeah. which just didn't really hit for me. Um, there's also actually a graphic novel that I own. I'm pulling off my shelves right now. Shelf. Which is called Southland Tales, the prequel saga. It's a movie by Richard Kelly, the guy that made Donnie Darko, called Southland Tales. And this is like a, good Lord, this is like 200 pages or something. Did you read it? I read it. If if he had a book, I think I would have liked that better, to be honest. I um I, I do remember reading um when again I was much, much younger, the the Dark Knight Returns. Ah. Which was a pretty cool futuristic Batman story. You know, like the future of Batman that addressed one of those issues that doesn't maybe it does now in comic books but didn't used to get addressed. <laughs> the like that guy's gotta get old eventually. <laughs> You Is it the Frank Miller one that's like super popular? Yes, and okay. it's very, very good, and that was very enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I guess for me, and I was thinking about this, you know, when I knew we were going to talk about Fight Club, do um, like what is that like writing the story for a comic book? Like, I don't, I don't imagine that that Polinick wrote a seventy-page story and like handed it to an artist. I have to imagine that it's a far more abbreviated more like writing maybe a script than mm-hmm. it is writing yeah. a, a, a short story even that it's yeah i've read some comic scripts uh that friends have written and stuff mm-hmm. and it's very much like it's it's so much more closer to screenwriting than it is like short story writing because you have to con- conceptualize what uh the dialogue is but also what the action on the page is and then the actual illustrator you know, uses that for their creation. See, uh, that's what I was kind of wondering: is is it you know Polinick saying, "Hey, I think this scene should be him driving," and then you show like uh, an electric car next to him, you know, or is it like, "Yeah, he lives in a boring suburb. Here's what he's thinking," and then the the artist kind of. Yeah, I mean, at least in the ones that I have read, or that I've that have been shared with me, it's like 
it goes as far as to dictate what the panels look like. So, oh, okay. Um, you know, like if if you see, there's like you know certain pages that are like three panels, but like other pages might be like you know a panel splits between two pages and stuff. Like so, uh, in my experience, at least those scripts go go enough into detail where you could it tells it dictates what what the panels look like. So, so now my question is. When you have um, Anne Rice has a couple of graphic novels um, based on her her some of her books. Paulinick has done this. Is would Paulinick turn in something like that? Because you you were looking at it from somebody who's interested in creating comic books. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Versus like here's what I imagine when an author or a, a book author decides I'm going to write a screenplay. I imagine it's way too fucking wordy. That it's a lot more like a short story. You know what I mean? Because that's what they're used to, and that's where where their strength lies—not um, their strength. That's where their um, training lies. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder if you read those because those are comic people, and they wrote it like a comic person would, versus taking someone who's only been a novelist. You know, did he turn in something like that? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's get uh, Polinick on the on, on the podcast for an interview. Okay. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> we know people who know Paul and Nick. We, we are, yeah. We're practically we're brothers with Paul and Nick. Two degrees. Two degrees yeah. of Paul and Nick. I know you, and you're friendly with people, and those people know Paul and Nick. Yeah. I'm nice. I have a, 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 a not mean relationship with some people. Um, yeah, it is interesting. And I honestly, my personal uh, thought is that Paul and Nick did set out to... Uh, once it was decided that this would be a comic series, actually, you know, learn or go through the the process of writing it as a comic script, yeah. I'd be interested to see if anybody has bought the film rights yet. I mean, we probably would have heard that, right? Bring back Fincher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't I mean, have come on, edge. Ed Norton. Get Ed Norton. He hasn't done anything worthwhile in 15 years. Oh yeah, what has he been up to? Uh, Edno has not been impressing me. He was the Hulk. Remember that? He, in the bad, in the bad version of in the Hulk. shitty yeah. Hulk film, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Fight Club Two, Project Fight Paycheck. Two. I apologize to Chuck Palahniuk. That's totally a joke. It was just like it's the throwaway first thing. I, I don't, I don't think it's just a way to get a paycheck. But there was no way I could avoid writing that down. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it's kind of, it's that whole sellout thing. Like, you know, when a band becomes popular, people are like, oh, they sold out. You know, I think that I think that fans of Polinick have been asking. I think it's probably come up often enough that, you know, we talked about before, right? Like, we talked about authors knowing what happens at the end or authors mm-hmm. knowing what happens afterwards. Maybe he's always known. Maybe in his head it's always been the the dreary suburbs and, and and he has an idea and you know what i mean so yeah. and, and in general i imagine this has to happen often where like you have like a breakout success and you want to distance yourself from that you don't want to be defined by it like we were talking to mallerman about bird box and he's getting just like fully blown on a daily basis for how good that book is um and we're talking about sequels and stuff and and he was he was like yeah i'd love to do more but not now yeah and that completely makes sense like I think it's completely valid to revisit something, you know, a decade after, two decades after, because you, you've had time to step away from it. 
and um, your perspective is kind of refreshed. So um, I'm, I'm approaching Fight Club 2 with more optimism than I would had it come out like three years after the movie or something like that, because then it would be a, it would be an obvious kind of cash grab kind of situation. So that's what makes Mallerman and Polinick artists. If you or I had something that was successful, we would run it into the fucking ground, Damn grab right. as much money as we could. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd be on, like, fucking Fight Club, the grandkids by now. Like, fuck. Fight Club. If that was our baby. Yeah. XXX Fight Club. <laughs> exactly. Triple X Fight Club. Um, uh. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. Uh, moving on to the very last thing that we're going to talk about this evening. Some late breaking news. Yeah, I, uh, this is so tough. So here's what I'm gonna say: Patreon subscribers, for you guys, you're gonna be hearing this a day before this announcement is made to people who are hearing it right now. I'm talking to the non-Patreon subscribers. <laughs> um, so please, please, please do not share this. We want to share this with you. We, we'd like to be timely with this. So um, we have a very special announcement to make. Rob, I want you to do the honors. I know, because I always give you the, the floor for these types of things. And, and thank you this time for letting me do it. So uh, as listeners will know, and, um, and uh, longtime listeners will know even more, uh, we have a history with the This Is Horror uh, Awards. In 2012, we were nominated for, out of the blue, we didn't even know how it happened, but we were nominated for, and inevitably won, Podcast of the Year. Yay! Which is fantastic. It was our first award. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. 2013, you know, we're back at it. Uh, Nominated for Podcast of the Year. We got runner-up. We were also nominated for Anthology of the Year for the booked Anthology, and we won that bitch. Yay! That was, so so that was cool. even cooler uh, because not only had we um, you got nominated for two categories, but we won a new category, and it was this thing that we were just so nervous. I think I at least I was very nervous mm-hmm. about the reception of the book and everything. So that was very exciting for me. Me too. I was very excited. Along comes 2014, and we're like, we got to get. <laughs> There's no way we can't get nominated for this award because we would feel like failures now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, lo and behold, we get a nomination for the Podcast of the Year Award. And um, as of February 23rd, no, 24th, mm-hmm. the 24th, it will be announced, or it will have been announced, will have been announced, depending on when you are listening to this, that we are the Podcast of the Year winners for 2014 for the This Is Horror Awards. Rob, congratulations. <sighs> Feels good. It does feel good. So it, it's awesome. I mean, there's the, the regular acknowledgement we get from listeners, which is which is really cool. And it's in, in a completely different way. And then there's this. This is actually being acknowledged also by listeners and, and voters and stuff. But it's 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 on paper. It's hardcore. It's there. Like it's it's a thing. So. Congratulations! Thank you to This Is Horror for hosting the awards, and thank you to everybody who voted. Um, none of you are dead to me. Yeah, everybody is alive to Livius. Mm-hmm. Everybody. <laughs> so this is a good way to everybody. Be. Yeah, uh, that never happens. And then, I mean, what that does is it makes us it feel it, it feels like validation, like the Patreon subscription. The fact that people are giving us money now to support the podcast is is validation in a large form. 
this is another validation that what we're doing is actually resonating with people. So these are the types of things that drive us forward. So, of course, we're going to renew our dedication to the the genre of horror and um, to covering and discussing horror as much as possible, collaborating for things as much as we can, because we want to serve the community that has given us this award. So we will talk more about this next week when we can announce the other winners. And, and when I say that is we really don't know so much who the other winners are. We but might, we have an idea. <laughs> we have a, we have a good idea <laughs> who a couple of them are because not everybody was as stealthy as us about keeping this under wraps. So yeah, we've um, known about this for like weeks, right? It's it's yeah, two weeks maybe. Two weeks. So um and now Michael Wilson will never tell us anything early ever again. So once he hears this, but uh, <laughs> no, it's perfectly timed. He's announcing yes. it Tuesday. He said Tuesday morning, I think, and that's like Korea time. So yes, yeah. Well, that's anytime he does anything, it's at like four thirty in the morning. Like I literally wake up to the messages from Michael. So um, the I, I, we have an idea too for something cool that we're working on. So we don't know yet if we'll be able to pull this off, but we, we may be. Rob had mentioned collaborating and horror, and, and we're thinking about doing something kind of cool in honor in honor of winning our third This Is Horror Award. Yeah, and if you think about uh, it, that's panned out for us big time. Like the last time that the the last time we got the podcast of the year award, uh, Livius's idea was to read the novel of the year, which was or the the we'd already read um, Lisa My Scars, which won the the novel of the year, but the runner up was um, Drowning Girl, Blackbirds, Chuck Wendig. Oh, it was Blackbirds. You're right. So we read that and then immediately decided to read the sequel, Mockingbird. uh, And then that brought us to interviewing Chuck Wendig and just falling in love with the Miriam Black character. So uh, which subsequently so many people we know fell in love with. So that that worked out well. So I'm hoping Livius's new idea will uh, bear similar fruit. I like fruit. I don't like fruit. I like fucking cheeseburgers and pizza. So but fruit's okay. Pizza burger. Pizza burger. I'd eat one of those. I don't know if I ever have. Sound oh, bad. fuck yeah. That's like a high school cafeteria classic. Oh, I never ate in the cafeteria at my high school. I lived oh, across the street. Mr. Went home and had like steak and shit for lunch. You did not eat steak for lunch. I swear to fucking God, <laughs> dude. I'd go home and have steak on occasion. Not like every day. But there are times where I come back to school and be like, I just had steak and mashed potatoes for lunch. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, my mom worked from home. Like she'd like there would be prepared meals, like not a fucking sandwich. Like prepared meals when I come home for lunch. My little Livius is coming home for lunch. Got to get yep. the steak going. That's right. Throwing so. a steak in the broiler. <sighs> anyway, um, we don't know what's next because we haven't talked about. It. Even though I was like Rob, we just need to get a game plan. Like what's next so I can start this week, and that never materialized. So oh, this sounds like you're blaming me. <laughs> Oh no 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 and I, no because I fucking picked the books we read so yeah. I just didn't really look. I mean, we have so much stuff on tap like that that's come, but none of it's being released like next week. So we have to kind of you know find something that's you know I don't know maybe we'll find some horror. It's all horror. It's all horror. <sighs> what would we what would we actually say if it wasn't for Bob Pastorella? Like we'd talk about horror and be like it's horror. Well, there was that uh, I was recently re- revisiting some of our old reviews, and um, in the the last final girl by Stephen Graham Jones, there's a quote about how everything is horror. Just sometimes you can't see the blood. So that's yeah, a good but one. he didn't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, listen, he didn't say it as cool as Pastorella does. Well, I mean, he's not from Texas. Well, he is from Texas. What's his uh, excuse? See? He's got no excuse. 
He has all the opportunity. Come on, Jones, get on Bob's level. Out of the gumption. Yep. So, (laughs) all right. Well, until then, I promise we will be reviewing something next week, I think. Or we'll just be basking in the glory of awards. And and please, if you have any recommendations for books, it'll help us avoid having to read It's So Thick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, So, Patreon subscribers, please keep this zipped for another day on Tuesday you can congratulate us publicly all you want um and until Tuesday when I expect to hear from people I'm That's Olivia right. Snudden and I am Rob Olson keep reading I'm looking at the XXX books category dude seriously I mean so that's what I'm saying it's definitely not the cover (laughs) snatched by the prince and his men yeah there's one called like pounding the princess (laughs) ooh submitting for the job written by dick rear oh man forceful seduction (laughs) let's read that so we can fucking talk about god oh my god just realized I guess I was scrolling. I went back and I, I typed it in again. <laughs> I'm looking at him. And then I looked at Bauer. It says, you recently view items and featured recommendations. And it's all like Duchovny bobbleheads and stuff. But what is this <laughs> going to look like the next time I go to Amazon? <laughs> oh, no. It's so thick. Volume 2. Forced to comply. Forced to comply. Cop sex stories. Book 1. Oh, see? But that's... Oh, so... oh God. Step party. Which I'm guessing is just siblings via marriage. Yikes. XXX Files, Episode 1, A Paranormal Erotic Serial. Oh, God. Yeah. Step Secrets, Volume 2, Caught by My Mother's Best Friend, Naughty Milf, Older Woman, Younger Man. <laughs> oh, God. I have This is a good one. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Bratz, Christmas Punishment, Taboo, Bareback Erotica. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Here's... Filled by a stranger. <laughs> Forbidden step fruit. Oh, God. I don't even know what this means. What is step fruit? Well, I think the step just, I think that that's got to be like step siblings. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's forbidden fruit, but it's forbidden like step brother. And it's a woman licking a banana. Here's one drilled in detention. You have to wonder how many copies, like the like any of the ones we've talked about, because all of them, you know, have like one review, three reviews. Now, granted, there are probably a lot of people who aren't willing to review this stuff, you know. I mean, just to not have their name, because you, know, you have to buy yeah. it with an Amazon account. So it's so you got to wonder. You make a oh, one Amazon account. No, oh, this is a compilation of fifty erotic stories. This has forty three reviews. That's wow. a lot of people. I'm guessing a couple hundred at least bought that if it's got 43 reviews yeah no kidding oh my god triple x stories grand collection of 58 dirty stories over 1000 pages that's a lot of triple x dude but hold on a second 58 that would mean there's almost 200 pages per story right no that would be 20 never mind fucking math all right (laughs) this one's kind of i think this one's like (laughs) Hedge, like the the bet hedging title, mm-hmm. five shades of arousal. <laughs> That's a lot less shades than we're used to. Remember the guy who sent us the gay cowboy porn? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, 
Oh, what? What? Oh, god! I don't even understand this. I, like, I need, I need a, a chart. So this one's called Delilah's Double Delivery, and it shows a, a clearly pregnant woman on the cover. Fertile House of Taboo. But then the description says MMMFFF. I'm assuming the M's are men. Well, okay, and the F's but are women. But it's called Delilah's Double Delivery. So it's, I don't. Is she having twins? And there's groups like I don't even understand what. <laughs> I hope they have the group sex and then she gives birth. <laughs> Not like they all show up for the birth and they start just like having an orgy. That'd be weird, right? Here's one. You ready for this? Yes. The Stacy Fox classic, A Fistful of Black Snake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know what's fucked up, dude? If we legitimately reviewed these, we'd probably have more listeners. That's that's the awful thing about the awful. Yeah, if we like, were like, uh, yes, this week we are doing triple X lesbian lesbian romance, Trisha out of control, part three. Yep, we would have so many listeners. Here's Tiffany gets her boobs. That's the name of this one. <laughs> where did they? Where were they? <laughs> oh, and then and then it, this is what's fucked up on page six. I'm like, why do I know this cover? It's the movie. <laughs> It's the movie Triple X. Oh, the, <laughs> the Vin Diesel movie? Yes, now a major motion picture for Revolution Studios. You had to get to page six. <laughs> oh, see, now here's someone stealing my life story. The Drunken Mistake. Oh, nice. Oh, fucking forbidden step fruit. <laughs> oh, taken by tentacles. Tentacle erotic horror. <sighs> That's good. Oh, did you did you say there was a brat one earlier? Yeah, I found the brat and the fiance. I'm thinking that might the brat might be like a, a series. Triple uh, X with my ex. Just like four X's. Triple <laughs> X X. That's what we have to send into Red Hammond. That's going to be his next one. Dude, hold on. Samantha Steele is dot 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 the spy who did me, the first coming. I like it. I like it. <sighs> Bridget taken by Vikings. <laughs> Where are they taking her? <laughs> oh no! Get this. You ready for this? Yes. An XXX Xmas story. Ralphie oh. finally gets laid. <laughs> Erotic back- parodies, book ten. Backpacking gone wild. <laughs> oh, and then on page what page am I on? Page ten is Triple X Seamus. <laughs> Why is this still showing up? Oh, used paperbacks. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't we decide this wasn't on here? Oh, see, that's what they could do. They could just sell them as used. That's true. Uh, I've got two tender cream... Wait. Two tender creamings at once? I don't know what that means. There is 50 Shades of Avocado. (laughs) Which is triple X Poems. Oh, you're going to fucking love this one. Werewolf in the boardroom. <sighs> I'm done. I'm done with all this. All right. I guess that means you don't want to know about capitulating to the aliens. I'm done. I'm all done. right. You know what I would have reviewed? Remember that one Kickstarter we talked about? That was the guy who was like the <laughs> fairies, fags versus aliens. Or there was. Shit. Yeah. The Yeah. Yep. 
I would have read that.